Hello everyone, Amelia here dropping in with a little midweek content and an update on the Dylan Redwine case. Now for those of you that have been listening, you know I've covered this case a lot. If you haven't heard about this case already, I have a lot of material for you to go back to. I originally covered the case in episodes 9 and 10 and did a lot of updates as it moved through trial, ending in episode 16. So if you haven't listened to those, I totally recommend to go back and catch up there. For those of you that are up to date, there is some breaking news in this case. If you'll remember, Mark Redwine was sentenced just about a month and a half ago for the murder of his 13-year-old son, Dylan. And now as we approach Thanksgiving and the nine-year mark since Dylan went missing, it has been made public that Mark Redwine has put in a notice for the intent to appeal the decision in the case, and that was filed this week. This appeal will apply both to the conviction of the crime as well as the sentence that he received. Notes on what the appeal is based on include all issues preserved by objection at trial, sufficiency of evidence, which is something that the defense really tried to hammer home during the trial but fell a little short, but that is something they're bringing up in this appeal. They're also basing the appeal on the sentencing itself. And the final reasoning for the appeal includes anything else that Mark Redwine deems as an error or his lawyers deem as an error. So this would be kind of a legal loophole to be able to adjust the grounds of this appeal later on. I'm not sure if there are any parameters on that, but it does seem to give them an outlet to be able to add something else in or point other things out as a part of the appeal process. In addition to the filing, the attorneys for Mark Redwine also have requested transcripts for a ton of different hearings dating as far back as 2017, which is the same year in which Mark Redwine was indicted. Now, you'll remember if you are caught up on the case with me that this was a very long court battle, so there are a lot of transcripts out there. What they requested includes transcripts from motion hearings starting on August 15, 2017 up to December 27, 2020. It also includes mistrial days from October 29th to November 9th of 2020 and motion hearings from January 5th, 2021 to June 11th of 2021. They also requested transcripts from the actual trial as well. So these trial transcripts run from June 11th to July 16th of 2021, as well as the sentencing hearing, which occurred on October 8th, 2021. According to this intent of appeal paperwork, he will be appointed a public defender. And you may be wondering what happens now in this appeals process. So how it works in the state of Colorado is he and his lawyer now have to provide written arguments to the court of appeals. He has four weeks to file the first one, which is the opening brief. And then the next to be filed will be the answer brief. And that has to happen in the following five weeks. And then the last step is a reply brief, which happens then in the three weeks after that. So it is a 12-week process depending on if they push those briefs to the end of each one of those timelines. An appeal in Colorado only reviews the judge's decisions in the case, not the conduct of lawyers or anyone else. So it is only how the judge handled the trial throughout with things like objections and 
how their overall conduct was, as well as conduct during sentencing, things like that. So it only goes over what the judge actually did and if that was within the realm of the law and ethical, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So once all of these briefs are put in, within about three to four months, a panel of three judges will review and they will either uphold the decisions by the judge in the case or they won't. On an added level here that can make this go even longer because here we're already looking at an eight to nine month process. An appeal can also be pushed from that court level to the Colorado Supreme Court creating another gap in time. So it's very realistic that this trial and this case, this story could drag on for another one to two years, which I understand is a person's right as a part of our judicial system, but it's just so hard to watch because Corey and Elaine have already been through so much and the rest of Dylan's family have already been through so much and this is just another legal and emotional hurdle to get over. What we can hope for is that justice prevails. That's why the system is in place. So we hope that justice is kept for Dylan, that there doesn't seem to be anything, you know, unfounded that was done during the trial and that that decision is upheld. Um, But if it's not, it also would be because the law was not carried out as it should be, which In any case, we should want to happen. When the law is no longer being ethically applied to cases, that's when you have issues in the judicial system. So as much as I know there's going to be a lot of talk and a lot of people very mad about this, we do have to realize that the system is in place for a reason. We have to hope that this system does what it's supposed to do, reinforces this decision, and the Red Wine family can move on with their life again. As always, as I know more, I will keep you updated with this midweek content, but you won't know it comes out if you don't follow or subscribe to Altitude Crime on your favorite podcast platform. So I know you have it up on your screen now. Follow or subscribe, and I will talk to you next Sunday on Altitude Crime.